today on the news and why it matters. The House passes a war powers resolution condemning military action in Iran. Uh, we will get President Trump's response to that from his rally last night. Also, uh, AOC. PETA is really, really angry at AOC. You will not want to miss why. We've got a lot coming up on this Friday, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Today here with an all-star cast, uh, we've got Pat Gray, who has, you've only done like five hours of radio today. Yes, So just five so Okay. Far. So you are, Pat is ready to Fresh and ready to talk. go. We're not going to be able to shut him up. We've got Josh Hammer, uh, editor-at-large from The Daily Wire. Thanks for being here, Josh. It's a pleasure, Sarah. And uh, we've got John Ruggio, social media coordinator here at The Blaze. Uh, your maiden voyage. Yeah, I've come from the bowels of Twitter to <laughs> yes, real exactly. life. Yeah. Which we thank you that you do that so that we don't have to. It's, it's my penance. Yeah. <laughs> it's nasty out there. Uh, we got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Uh, so I was in a car accident in 2013 and uh, messed up a bunch of discs in my back. It's not what you want. It's not what you want to happen because then you just walk around all day and you're in pain. Uh, and Relief Factor has really, really helped me with that. Um, Pat, I know you've had a lot of back issues as well. I always feel really bad talking about back issues whenever Pat's around because Pat, it's okay. Pat, hurt, Pat hurt way worse than me and I feel like a baby. But... Relief Factor, it really does work if you are one of uh, many Americans just constantly living in pain and you just think that that's the way that it's going to be. It doesn't have to be that way. Relief Factor is 100% natural. It targets the inflammation in your body, which is, that's the root cause of your pain right there, the inflammation. So you don't have to worry about big pharma, prescription drugs, whatever the case may be. Try the Relief Factor Quick Start Pack. It is three weeks and 70% of the people who buy that, they keep ordering more because it's working for that many people. It can work for you and if it does, it will be life-changing. You can go to relieffactor.com. Get that three-week quick start for $19.95. That is relieffactor.com. Seriously, it's worked for me. It's worked for Glenn. It's worked for so many people in the building and so many of you out there who have written in to us telling us your stories. So relieffactor.com. So the House has voted to pass the War Powers Resolution condemning uh, Trump's military action against Iran. Uh, Now, I do want to open it up to the table for discussion. But Josh, I want to go to you first because you actually wrote an op-ed at the Daily Wire that uh, was yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. That Mark Levin, our very own Mark Levin, actually read word for word on air yesterday evening. It was a wonderful surprise. To see that, yes. <laughs> so, Josh, tell us. You so you say that this whole entire thing is unconstitutional. Correct. And this was formally not a particularly controversial opinion, by the way. The, the War Powers Resolution was passed in 1973 over a presidential veto from Richard Nixon. It was overridden by a two-thirds majority in both the House and the Senate. But presidents ever since Nixon have essentially ignored it. Every single president, Barack Obama Mm -hmm. did not actually ignore it, but he expanded it to the extent that it was essentially ignored in his Libyan crusade in 2011. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what, what the War Powers Resolution actually does, okay? Within 48 hours of engaging hostilities abroad, the president is required to notify Congress, and then he has to withdraw troops within 60 days unless Congress provides an affirmative authorization for the use of military force. This may or may not be good policy. My argument is that it is precluded by the Constitution under the Article II's Commander-in-Chief Clause. And there's one particularly compelling argument, and it involves the Declare War Clause of Article I, Section 8. In my opinion, one of the most grossly misconstrued provisions in the entire Constitution. Everyone thinks Congress can only declare war. You can't start 
uh, bombing or doing anything overseas unless Congress speaks first. Again, may or may not be good policy, but the, the founding era history of the Constitutional Convention, just in my view, does not support that argument. In fact, they actually first considered to say Congress can make war. And then they actually took that term out and put in the phrase declare war because James Madison ex- explained to Elbridge Gerry that the executive, quote, must have the power to repel sudden attacks. Mm-hmm. And also in Article 1, Section 10, if we're trying to be good textualists here, if we're trying to interpret the Constitution the way it's most, supposed to be interpreted, they actually use the phrase engage war in the context of a state repelling an attack from either the North or the South. So the framers were aware of multiple verbs here, make mm-hmm. and engage, mm-hmm. to give the meaning that people really across the spectrum think it means. But in reality, what declare war meant was kind of a term of art in uh, the 18th century. It meant that Congress would formally declare that the state of hostilities between the U.S. and a foreign nation amounted to a state of war. And that would trigger all sorts of various obligations under both international law and domestic law. Mm-hmm. So it actually was a much lesser power than that. And, and to be clear, I am not apologizing for a lawless executive branch here. Congress right. had a ton of tools at its disposal already to push back against what it views as a warmonger president. And obviously the, the primary thing is the power of the purse. You can defund right. a war effort in its entirety. Yeah. But the war powers resolution, I believe, is unconstitutional. Yes. Pat, hmm. you agree? Wow. Um, I don't have any idea, frankly. <laughs> uh, I, I've been more focused on the AUMF. Is it the, the authorization for, for military force, which uh, we've been given to understand for the last uh, 20 years that a president can respond to certain actions right. by terrorists or right. enemy players. And Why else make him the commander-in-chief? Right, right. And, and, and you have to have that kind of power if you're going to act quickly in mm-hmm. some circumstance. You can't go to Congress every time, beg and plead, have, the, uh, have all the information leaked, have it out in the news, and then continue to do an operation. We need to be able to strike and strike quickly uh, on occasion. And uh, so I think I think that's what this was. And I, I, I think he's been fully within his right to do that. And Obama did it. I mean, Obama conducted a war in Libya with which was interesting because if you go back, there is video of Nancy Pelosi who said, yeah, Obama had the absolute authority to do that in mm-hmm. Libya. And now all of a sudden and now all of a sudden. Mind. Yeah. And she she was asked point blank on that. And she said, so you're saying. Barack Obama has the power to to do this. Yes. Yes. Just a flat yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It wasn't one of those where she rambles on and you start not being able to tell what she's actually saying. It was very a very clear, resounding yes. John, what's your take? It was also interesting that the vote wasn't uh, between strict party lines Mm -hmm. either. There was three Republicans that voted uh, for the resolution and eight Democrats that voted against it. Um, And Matt Gaetz, who is one of Trump's Trump's, top allies, also voted for it, and it was because he was part of that um, uh, anti-war kind of mm-hmm. constituent of the right, and that kind of shows that, like, it's not, it wasn't just, like, a strict, like, we don't like Trump vote. It was, right. it was some complexity to it. Well, yeah, it, I mean, to that point, you know, Mike Lee has said that he would vote in favor of a similar uh, resolution if it was, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that it's going to come into anything in the Senate, but... That's what is so shocking to me, Josh, because Mike Lee, I mean, constitutionalist Mike Lee, how does he get that? So I know Senator Lee personally, full disclosure, I actually worked for him my first year of law school summer as a Senate Judiciary Committee law clerk. So I, I think the world of Mike on a personal level. He has always, in my view, had erroneous opinions on Article II war powers. Um, I, he, he, he takes a 
probably more expansive view of the Fourth Amendment than I would. But it, the main area where I find myself disagreeing with him is Article 2. And again, I think, Mike, he, his policy sympathies are not wrong. Mm. America should not be engaging in reckless adventurism, interventionism, this bipartisan, neoliberal, neoconservative consensus. I think that's bad policy. But as far as a, an, an originalist interpretation matter, I just respectfully disagree with Mike Lee on this one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Representative Pramila Jayapal uh, said that President Trump assassinated Soleimani based on, uh, you know, there was no imminent attack. He had no evidence to, uh, to show that. Let's listen to a little bit of what she had to say. This is the result of reckless actions by President Trump of military brinksmanship. President Trump recklessly assassinated Qasem Soleimani. He had no evidence of an imminent threat or attack. And we say that coming from a classified briefing where, again, there was no raw evidence presented that there was an imminent threat. Mm. Uh, it seems to me what's reckless is making that statement. Uh, but Representative Rutherford responded to her on Twitter. Um, I know that he, if we could pull that up, he said he was basically telling her that, hey, I, don't, I saw the same evidence that you did. I, I, like, we were both in the same room. We saw the same evidence. It's crazy that you could ever say that, uh, that this was not some sort of imminent attack. No, that's not the right one that we have on screen right now. That's coming up. There we go. I was in the same briefing as you, and this is absolutely false. You and your squad of Ayatollah sympathizers are spreading <laughs> propaganda that divides our nation and oh, strengthens our, en- our enemies. Pretty powerful statement from John Rutherford. And, of course, uh, AOC had to get involved because we know she just she likes to get involved wherever she can, bring attention to the squad. So AOC responded to uh, Representative Rutherford. She said, I find it highly amusing that my coworkers angrily yell stuff like this and then clutch their pearls and cry when they are called out for their racism, which then caused Rutherford to respond to AOC with, it's honestly pretty simple. Donald Trump eliminated a dangerous terrorist. If you don't want to be called an Ayatollah sympathizer, don't sympathize with the Ayatollah. (laughs) Pat, your thoughts. I, I love that. I mean, I mean I, it's not racist. No, not at all. It's it's not racist. And uh, what race uh, are these people? What race was uh, Qasem Soleimani? I I don't know. He he looked pretty white to me. I <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know he's not technically white, right, but he's right. not black or Hispanic yeah. either. What is he? I I don't know. What are Egyptians? I, I don't know. I, it's, I don't think anybody cares what race they are. We care about them killing American citizens. And he, he was responsible for at least 600 deaths. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the 600, though. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, we're no, told. probably not. It was probably more than that. We're, yeah. It was just the IEDs in Iran. Right. And we're we're told that that should be downplayed, I guess, Josh. All of those deaths, all of the troops <clears throat> that he's responsible for killing. Uh, we should be downplaying that because what we just need to tuck our tail and say thanks for not killing more of our people. You know, my good friend Jesse Kelly had a tweet about this that was actually retweeted by the president shortly after the Soleimani strike. Jesse, who is an Iraq war veteran, served over there for years, quite honorably. He tweeted, if you've been to a VA hospital in the past five to ten years and you've seen someone who served in Iraq and is suffering from grievous injuries back here at home, mm-hmm. there's a very good chance that Qasem Soleimani mm-hmm. had directly to do with that. Mm-hmm. Not indirectly, but directly. He was one mm-hmm. of the most uniquely evil people on the entire face of the earth. I, I, I've been saying for... A, a decade now, essentially, basically when I started doing all this stuff, that Qasem Soleimani is the number one target or often the number one target of the United States. And Presidents Bush and Obama both had opportunities to, t- to take him out. They both were in eggs. So 
Honestly, my talking point ever since this happened was just good for President Trump. He had the courage to take mm-hmm. out someone who has so much American blood on his hands. And not just American blood, by the way, probably tens, borderline hundreds of thousands of blood of people across the entire region. Mm-hmm. He, he, Qasem Soleimani is the entire region that Bashar al-Assad is able to kill half a million Syrian civilians in Syria. He has the blood of countless individuals on his hands. So to see people like AOC and all these other leftists essentially do exactly what Congressman Rutherford say they're doing and being apologists for the Ayatollah, words just escape me. Um, it's just remarkable. In the year 2020, we know, like, we, we know that abortion is a, is a sacrament for the Democratic Party. We know that climate change, global warming, whatever they're calling it these days, is a sacrament. Mm-hmm. It seems like the malocracy, the uniquely terrible state sponsor of jihad in Tehran is a new sacrament for the Democratic Party. Yeah. Oh, well, because Donald Trump is against it. Orange man bad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, John, it really does seem like that. It doesn't matter what he does. Whatever he does, they are on the opposite side, even it. when it comes to terrorists. Yeah, and to, to call this racist, it's AOC and the squad's go-to, but it's just ridiculous. And the way that that word has kind of become mm-hmm. meaningless mm-hmm. nowadays, mm-hmm. it's really on the fault of the Democrats and the left for using it for every little instance for anything the right does or anything Trump does. And when it happens in their own party with mm-hmm. Governor Ralph Northam, they look the other way, and mm-hmm. it doesn't exist anymore. Good so point. Wait, are you trying to say that Democrats don't actually care about people of color like they say they do? Hmm. Huh, who would have thunk it? Uh, coming up, we've got President Trump's reaction to uh, the War Powers Resolution. Uh, he's, he, was, he was in a mood uh, last night. Let me just put it to you that way. So we've got a lot coming up. We'll be right back. <clears throat> that was a high energy tweet from Congressman Rutherford, huh? I know. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> a mic drop moment. Before we get back into the program, we would like to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So, uh, Deborah, Deborah's home was stolen. And I don't mean thieves came in and stole a bunch of her stuff. I mean, scammers actually stole her entire home. Uh, the FBI calls home title theft one of the fastest growing white collar crimes. This story is why we here at Blaze Media protect our home's title with Home Title Lock. Now, Deborah said uh, criminals found the title to her home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned it. And it doesn't stop there. It gets worse. She was evicted. Deborah was evicted from her own home and 85 grand in equity that she had. It was gone. Nobody believes that you can get your home stolen this easy, but with technology the way that it is, it's really easy for hackers to get in and get it. This is why we have to home title lock because no insurance, no bank protects your home from title theft. So if you want to make sure that you don't have what happened, what happened to Deborah happen to you, you can go to hometitlelock.com, register your address, see if you're already a victim. You will not know it. You, like I said, no insurance, no bank. No identity theft program. You're not going to know if you are already a victim of this unless you go to HomeTitleLock.com. We got you 60 free days of protection. 60 risk-free days of protection. You got to go to HomeTitleLock.com. Enter your address there. That is HomeTitleLock.com. So President Trump was at a rally in Toledo, Ohio last night, and he responded to the House of Representatives passing the War Powers Resolution. Uh, had some interesting things to say about Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff. Watch. We got a call. We heard where he was. We knew the way he was getting there. And we had to make a decision. We didn't have time to call up Nancy, who is not operating with a full deck. 
Now they want us to call. Can you imagine calling crooked Adam Chef? He's so crooked. He's so crooked. Shifty Chef. Say, gee, Adam, how you doing? Listen, we have the world's number one terrorist. Killed thousands and thousands of people. We'd like to set up a meeting so we can discuss his execution. Would would you be willing to meet? Well, I won't be able to make it this week. Well, you know, he's traveling fast. We got him lined up, Adam. You little pencil neck. <laughs> He buys the smallest shirt collar you can get, and it's loose. (laughs) I just, I mean, I don't know what we're supposed to say to this, but it is remarkable that we have a president who can get away with saying stuff like this, Mm -hmm. and the people love him for it. Why is that, Pat? Uh, Well, because we've suffered through so many presidents who don't defend themselves and through so many presidents who are just uh, attacked nonstop by the left and they do nothing about it. Uh, Bush was one of those. Bush just sat and took it. He took it over and over and over all during his administration and afterward. They were still blaming Bush in 2015 for mm. things that went wrong. Yeah. This president is willing to tell you that, you know, you're a pencil neck and you bought the smallest shirt available and there's still a lot of room in there. <laughs> Which is a really great joke, by the way. You got to hand it to him. Uh, yeah. if, I mean, take away the fact that he's the president and we should mm-hmm. expect, you know, a certain level of, uh, you know, professionalism from the president. If you're just looking objectively at the joke, it's funny. All well, right? Glenn talked for a long time. Um, back in the last decade, about a president who would come along with a gravy stain on his shirt. Mm Because we're sick and tired of the slick guys. And this is his gravy stain. Mm -hmm. The things he says and the things he tweets are the gravy stain on his shirt. He's just a regular guy. And he'll just say regular guy things. And people, I think, appreciate it. Josh, I, you know, I, I didn't, I did not vote for him the first time around. I will be voting for him in 2020. But it, I used to, I used to think like he, he can't say things like this. And then I see how he gets treated by Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, uh, you know, all of the Democrat Party practically. And it, I mean, you like to see it, right? You're like, yes, you should be standing up for yourself because what they're doing to you is despicable. You know, since at least President Reagan, maybe, maybe even going back slightly further than that, but since at least Reagan. The left has had a habit of just perpetually over and over again calling any prominent Republican a Nazi, no matter, no matter what your beliefs are. You're mm-hmm. a racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe Nazi. The difference between President Trump and pretty much everyone, at least since Reagan, who has held his office, who's a Republican, is that President Trump is just not going to sit there and take it, as yeah. Pat was saying. He is going to fight back. And you know what? Similar to you, Sarah, I didn't vote for the president in 2016. I was a hardcore cruise guy in the primary. At that time, yeah. I was making a pretty socially conservative argument that morality in, yeah. in, in the Oval I Office is, is something that is very important to yeah. us. But at this point, from a pragmatic perspective, even if you even, even if you still believe that, it, it, it's a sunk cost, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. ship has, has by definition sailed. Yes. So at this That's point, sure. personally, me... I'm just enjoying it. I mean, like, we're, we're along for the ride at this point. He is hilarious. So, yeah. like, literally, like, that argument, like, has sailed. And I'm just, I'm just embracing it. So, like, right. I'm looking at that. Like, how do you not laugh? He's so entertaining. He's Donnie from Queens. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, look at, if you look at his actual policy and what he's done, mm-hmm. it's all good, right? If he was making the country just go into despair, a different story if he's up there saying stuff like that. 
but he's got the record to back it up. Yeah, so they can't argue on the record, so they yeah. argue on the character. Right. I mean, I, I love videos like this. It's, they crack me up all the time. Um, Schiff deserves it. He deserves yes. every little bit. Yes. Like He's one of the most duplicitous people in Congress, and I, I'm just eating it up. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it really is truly a sight to see. Uh, on the impeachment front, Nancy Pelosi confirmed, she has confirmed, according to several reports, that they will be sending the articles next week. I know yesterday we talked about she held a press conference and she was like, well, I don't know the exact day, but it will be really soon. Now she has actually said they will be sent to the Senate next week, uh, right on schedule, because the Senate is, uh, let's see, Josh Hawley has created a resolution to change the Senate's rules that would allow the Senate to vote to dismiss the articles of impeachment if they have not submitted, uh, if the House has not submitted them within the next 25 days. McConnell has actually already signed on to that. Maybe why Nancy Pelosi is now moving and saying, okay, 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 we'll send it over uh, to you. Um, Pat, what do you think? Is there going to be a, a I think full she trial? just flat out got her ass kicked on this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, she just got beaten to a pulp on this. You know, figuratively speaking. You have to wonder how she thought that this would yes. end well. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Unless she like, thought she could draw it out the entire year and use it as a campaign uh, point that he was impeached and and never got the trial. And, and Republicans never exonerated him. Maybe she just didn't want there to be a trial. But, yeah. I mean, that couldn't happen. That, right. That's just... Uh, and you would, not going to let that happen. And you would think that if she wanted to drag it out longer, they wouldn't have concluded their entire investigation so quickly. Right. Right, Josh? I mean, they, they right. could, the Republicans were like, hey, can we please hear from all of these other people? They said, no, we're done. We're, uh, well, we're not going to send it to the Senate, but uh, we're done here. I mean, the Democrats in the House did not even have the patience to wait for the judiciary to mm -hmm. rule on subpoenas, mm -hmm. right? Because it was such an urgent, mm -hmm. drastic matter. So from day one, it was incandescently obvious that Nancy Pelosi was betraying her own hand here, okay? I mean, as the president said, she's not operating with a full deck of cards or whatever he said, or whatever he said but she literally was undermining her own case. How can you simultaneously, on the one hand, say that mm -hmm. it is so urgent to impeach, you know, what Rashida Tlaib once called this MFR, and just get this all get this all out of the way, and then do this ridiculous stall tactic for two and a half weeks or however long it's been? And you know, I, I defended what Pelosi did as a matter of law. I think that she is able to withhold this. I don't think there's anything in either the Constitution or the House or Senate right. rules that precludes her from doing so. Mm. But from a political perspective, stupid. so stupid. Mm. Mitch McConnell has zero incentive right. to negotiate. She's, how could she possibly think that she could extract procedural concessions? Senate Republicans are just totally content to sit there, you know, beat up on the table, puff some cigars, and just be like, we're waiting for you. Yeah, Yeah. They, the media portrayed this as she was like some master uh, strategician, like, <laughs> <laughs> playing mind games with McConnell. And, right. and, mm -hmm. But, like, if you know Mitch McConnell, like, he's just, that's not him. He's just going to sit there and say no. And then then she's stuck with the bill. So Also, if you know Nancy Pelosi, you know she's not a, a master no. strategist at anything. It's like when 20 the, years ago, but... It's like when the New York Times called Hillary Clinton, like, the master troll because she posted, like, one meme or something. Right, it's, right. It's just crazy. Yeah. Oh, all right. Back in a minute. Did Hillary really ever post it? I mean, I didn't know that she was that type. Hey, uh, don't miss overtime coming up next. Uh, remember, you can go to blazetv.com or wherever you get your podcasts. But we all know you want to see our smiling faces on blazetv.com in overtime. We are going to be talking about the alleged Epstein suicide attempt footage 
Oh, no longer exists after the jail saves the wrong video. Oops. I, that's just a weird coincidence <laughs> in a series of other weird coincidences. There's nothing to see here. Also, PETA. PETA's really pissed at AOC. Uh, you will not want to miss why, but you got to go to blazetv.com. If you use promo code NEWS, uh, you will save $10 off of your annual subscription. That is at blazetv.com. Uh, by the way, before we go, I, you may have noticed I'm wearing this Texas Gun Experience shirt. Uh, we're going to the range after the show. And I went to an assembly for my son because uh, he was winning an award. And I had told him, I said, I might take you out of school a little bit early so that I, we can go as a family. And he says to his friend as we're leaving, he's like, my mom's taking me out of school early so we can go to the gun range. <laughs> so we're going to see how that plays out at school today. I don't think I've gotten a call yet. Good thing Not you live yet. in Texas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Evergreen Center. <laughs> Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. More details emerge that are a little bit sketchy when it comes to the death of uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Prosecutors yesterday told a judge overseeing the trial uh, of Epstein's former cellmate that surveillance footage of the hallway during Epstein's, this is the failed alleged suicide attempt, right? Because they had the, mm-hmm. the failed suicide attempt that led him to being put on suicide watch, and then they had taken him off suicide watch, right. and then all of a sudden he ends up dead. So this was the failed alleged suicide attempt. That footage no longer exists because of, quote, technical errors. <laughs> and what's weird about that is it went missing. The judge told him to find it anyway. Yes. They found it, and now it's gone. It's been erased. <laughs> I mean, just another little teeny coincidence right. in this thing. I mean, uh, things happen, right? I, I mean, it, things happen, and then other things happen, right? And then some other things happen after that too. His alleged suicide attempt, by the way, which he said was somebody else trying to strangle him to death. <laughs> so, uh, what does he know, though? Right. I mean, Minor whether detail. he did it himself or it was his cellmate, how can you tell? Really, <laughs> Josh? I mean, at what point do you see a story and you see all of these crazy? coincidences and go, okay, there's something here. Yeah, I mean, if you're not raising your eyebrows at a bare minimum at this point, Mm. then I don't know Mm. what planet you're living on. Um, You know what? I mean, like, I know three things are true, Sarah. I know that we have to pay taxes. I know that death is a finality, and I know that Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. (laughs) (laughs) John? He was, like, their most important guy is to to protect, to make sure everything was above board, and they still failed. So when they ask us to accept that this was he killed himself, there's nothing wrong here. How much more can we take of this stuff coming out before we just say, no, we don't trust you anymore, it's done? Right. Yeah, exactly. Did you, Pat, did you see the, uh, the note that they are purporting to be his suicide note? Did oh, yeah, it was ridiculous. It was like, people are mean to me, they kept me <laughs> in the whining. shower, yeah. Yeah. yeah, bugs are here, no fun. Yeah. I don't like the music people are playing. I don't know. It's just a whole bunch of stuff that didn't add up to suicide. So bizarre. Do you think that we will ever find out what happened? I I doubt it because I think the Clintons have covered it up pretty well. (laughs) Josh. Maybe 20 or 30 years from now at a minimum. I mean, nowhere in the... Nowhere in the near future whatsoever, that's for sure. Yeah. John, what do you think? think You don't think? God, that's really disappointing. Also, Pat, it's been really nice knowing you. 
<laughs> it's been really nice knowing you, but uh, you said the name that you're not supposed to say. Number 48. Oh. It should happen. Make it clear right now you're not suicidal. <laughs> I am not suicidal. Uh, in other news, PETA really pissed at AOC. Uh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, she got a new puppy. She got a new puppy, and um, it's, there's, there's a problem with it. It is a French bulldog. And it is, um, it's a purebred. <gasps> yeah, I know. Heaven forbid. I know. And it's so a- what does that mean? That mm-hmm. she's just spent well, a lot of money on it? or pet. She didn't get it from the... Pet, how dare you? Pound? Is yes. That, okay. that is what it is. How oh. dare Representative Cortez. Huh. Uh, now, this is so. This is what they said to her. They said, wow. Dear AOC, you're a role model, for, role model for how to live with kindness. So this concerns us. Did you really choose to get a purebred puppy when there are millions of animals in shelters who desperately need homes, please ask your followers to adopt and never buy dogs. Dun, dun, dun. Adoption is the only option. Isn't that great? Uh, I bet they feel the same way mm-hmm. about human babies, right? You don't abort a baby. Adoption is the only option. That's a great point, Pat. So ridiculous. What a slogan coming from, from the left. It is really interesting seeing them just eat their own yeah. every step of the way. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, no one at this table is particularly eager to defend AOC. No. But no. We, we obviously but that's will do ridiculous. so. Yeah, yeah. My, my old roommate in Washington, D.C., back when I lived there, used to call PETA a terrorist organization. And, like, and, <laughs> they really and, are. And my, my friend's a Democrat, by the way. He, he was <laughs> literally not a conservative guy. I mean, it, it, nuts. Like, insane individuals. Yeah. Nuts. Well, even, even really quickly, even all of the, like, the vegan and the vegetarian people, I mean, the people who do it for moral reasons that I know, they're like, please don't associate us with PETA. We don't. We don't know. We're we are distancing ourselves from PETA. Well, there's also there's nothing you can do to appease these people. There's always going to be another thing, another problem. And yeah. the most important line for me was the last line of that tweet, and it said, "You probably don't understand the implication of what you're doing to AOC." And that's a classic, like progressives giving their own a backdoor to like she didn't actually know what she was doing, mm. so she can be forgiven. The same thing with like mm. Ralph Northam, like he didn't know what he was doing. We can forgive him. If this was someone on the right, though, it would be instant canceled everything. So the soft bigotry of low expectations. Yeah, that's a that's a really great point. I hadn't thought about that, um, but I mean, they do. They always give their people passes, mm-hmm. and. No one ever, it's like someone on the right does something and they're canceled immediately. Yeah. Someone on the left does something, they just get 10 million mm-hmm. chances. And Well, it's about what you think, not what you do. Whereas conservatives were more interested in what you actually do in the world than what's going on in your mind. Or mm-hmm. if you believe the right things. I mean, and okay, I'm not, I, I don't, I give AOC a pass on this one because I, we have a, purebred Doberman, so I'm, but... You're a monster. I am, well, we already knew that, Josh, come on. Um, I mean, I do see value in adopting from shelters. I used yes. to, uh, I used to work with rescue, uh, you know, uh, organizations. I fostered animals. Um, I've gotten, you know, I've rescued both of my cats. So I do see the value in it, but there are certain situations and certain preferences. And I mean, mm-hmm. personally, there are certain breeds of dogs that if I went and got a dog from the shelter, I would not want my dog to have mixed in, in it, period. Mm-hmm. But you don't know that when you go to a shelter, right? You don't know what you're getting. And I think when you have families and you have kids and you have stuff like that, I mean, those are things to consider. And those would be reasons that you really would want to know what you're getting. 
Yeah, so my parents are actually perfect examples of this. My mom's like a huge animal person. She, she literally volunteers and mm-hmm. has for years now at the, yeah. lo- at the local shelter. But their two dogs are purebreds, and they got purebreds for one reason, one reason only. They don't want the dogs to shed. So you, it's, mm-hmm. it's, so you can't guarantee mm-hmm. that. Ours doesn't, the yes. so, Ours doesn't either, yeah. and it's amazing. And that's really important if you yeah. have allergies exactly. or whatever. It really is. It, or, or if you just like clean floors. Yes. I mean. And when you're adopting a dog from a shelter, too, you don't know its history. Right. So if you have kids or, yep. you, mm-hmm. you know, it's sometimes like not everyone has to have like the perfect shelter dog. Like, right, right. You know, like, yeah, well, sometimes but. Sometimes you want to pay three or $4,000 yeah. for a dog like AOC just did. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. I mean, I thought that she was, uh. she was one of the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was a woman of the uh-huh. people uh-huh. spending She's... money on a pricey dog. Oh, I guess not, AOC. Uh, let's see. I don't see a poll question. Did we do a poll today, John? We did do a poll. Uh... Do you remember what it is? Could control? Do oh, you guys it was know? Uh, if the election oh, were held today, would Trump get, get reelected? Yes or no. And for those mm. of you who don't know, I just kind of uh, just filled you in. This guy is the one. Whenever you get like the trolling poll questions, yeah. <laughs> it's him. That's him trolling. Love to troll Sarah. Yeah, yes. it's I, one of his favorite passwords. I'm usually the one, the one percent that votes against you. <laughs> oh too. my god, yeah, it's I, you. I'm part of the one percent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, tell Stu that he'll love you. Yeah, we're, you'll be his I'm best I'm also friend. an Eagles fan too. Oh so. my god. This one might be the first hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, who's going to say Trump's not going to be elected? Yeah. In our audience, he's. Yeah. He's going to be elected. That's true. That's true. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, also, John has admitted that he's an Eagles fan, so it's been nice having you on the show. This will be uh, <laughs> your first and last appearance. And last appearance. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Let us know what you think. If the election were held today, would Trump get reelected? You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Thank you guys for being here. Happy Thanks, to be yeah. here. It was awesome. Was it? It was awesome. Mm-hmm. But, like, how awesome? On a scale of 1 to 10? Anything. Like a 12? <laughs> Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. (laughs) I mean, the thing I love about you, Pat, is that you're always so excited to see me. (laughs) I am. I am. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.